Welcome to another episode of the Heat Strokes Podcast. <laughs> oh, I should have yelled too. Hosted by Brady Cannon. Presented by Mandalay Bay Resort and Casino in Las Vegas. Get ready to experience golf as you've never seen and heard it before. The price is wrong. Through the lens of Brady's experienced eye as he braves the toughest courses in the West under the scorching Las Vegas heat. Your course reviews, expert PGA analysis, and top weekly golf betting strategies are teed up and ready to fire. Here's your starter, Brady Cannon. It is DeadHeatGolf.com, home to the Heat Strokes podcast, presented by Mandalay Bay Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, Nevada. Welcome in, everybody, to episode number 17. I'm Brady Cannon, along with our special guest host, Ben Wilson. He is a play-by-play broadcaster, a professional handicapper, and also a show host at VSIN, the Vegas Stats and Information Network. Ben, you just told me off air that uh, you're getting ready to go back to Wisconsin and play some anti-heat strokes golf. But uh, how about the summertime in Las Vegas? We've had this crazy heat wave going on, uh, finally starting to subside just a little bit. But uh, have you played any true heat strokes golf this summer yet? Sure, I, I have. Couldn't go on vacation and leave Brady without actually getting a, a true over triple digit round in so i I played uh, actually really nice course bears best one of the nicer courses here in las vegas love playing it as a local because in the summer you can get on there for a nice uh, a nice affordable price and there's also not many golfers out there so had a wonderful time i will say it is uh, it's always an adjustment like that first 110 degree plus round of the year takes the body a little bit while to get used to it i was not playing great but just the fact they got out there cannot complain so great to be back on the podcast sir glad to see you as well excited for this uh this week to talk a little chimera yeah, absolutely. Chimera and, of course, the 3M Open taking place in Blaine, Minnesota at TPC Twin Cities. By the way, good to have you back on the program. A repeat offender here as a guest host on the Heat Strokes podcast. And, of course, you can follow Ben on Twitter at Ben underscore Wilson underscore one. And we mentioned Chimera. Let's get into it. That is our featured course of the week here on the podcast, Chimera Golf Club, uh, just located outside of Las Vegas in the Henderson area. Uh, The Chimera Golf Club has been around actually since 2003. It's in the community of Tuscany. And the golf course actually used to be called Tuscany, but changed its name, I want to say, about six, eight years ago to Chimera. It is a mid-range golf course, not a high-end property, a really good local property, a Ted Robinson design, who also designed Rhodes Ranch, another very good local resort course here in Las Vegas. Uh, I would say the fairways are pretty wide here, Ben. A very playable course is Chimera. The greens are relatively flat. A little bit of elevation change, some fantastic views of the Las Vegas Strip. Really a fun course to play. You can get around here and certainly make a few pars and maybe a couple of birdies and even maybe have a look at an eagle or two. You, of course, have played Chimera a few times, Ben. What are some of your takeaways about this golf course? Sure. I, I echo everything you said as well, Brady, as far as the general layout. It's certainly on the forgiving side. And it's a, it's a good course, if, you know, especially just trying to work on your game and getting some confidence because uh, you've played with me. I, I can spray the ball a little bit sometimes off the tee, and you can get away with a lot of wayward tee shots, which 
you can't say for all desert courses, uh, especially in the Las Vegas area. So I really like the setup. It's it's one that has a lot of scoring opportunities, especially on the front nine. But there's there's also challenges as well and some water holes that do come into play. Uh, the one thing I'll say that, that for, for folks that come out to Vegas a lot, one criticism I hear a lot is how many courses in the general Las Vegas Valley, the bunkers are just in horrible condition. And that's just you know one of the realities of, of how a lot of courses are. Even some of the, uh, the higher end courses, I will say playing Chimera, 95% of the bunkers are in, are in really, really good shape, especially for a course that is not in that, as you say, Brady, in that super high tier to play. So I've always been really impressed with the shape that they've kept the course in there. I, I love the final four hole stretch. I think it's a really cool course to play, especially if you've got you got a match going on with some buddies because it kind of alternates between really gettable and then really challenging the final four hole stretch, which is really exciting. I think you have a par five 15th that is definitely reachable into a, a, certainly a birdie hole. Then you cross the street after 15 and you see the great uh, layout there, a little dog leg left. You cross the street, you go to 16, which is the number one handicap, probably the toughest driving hole on the course. But then after that, you get a, a very short, I think it's the easiest hole on the course, the 18 handicap, uh, is the par 3 17th over water. And then one of the tougher holes you'll get on any course in the Vegas Valley is 18, uh, with water all the way down the left, bunkers down the right, really tough finishing hole. Um, I've, I've had some heartbreak uh, the couple of times I've played, I will admit, Brady, on 18. But it's a really tough, fun way to finish on a course that does set you, set you up. If you have the game and you get your swing going that day, that posts a really good number. Yeah, absolutely. I really liked, uh, in fact, the entire back nine, really, I think it kind of starts with hole number nine, which is uh, maybe the signature hole, uh, hole of the course. Uh, I, I would say it's really more of a locals course. I would not call it a resort course. It, of course, serves the Tuscany community and, and the neighboring areas of the Henderson area out there. It's really on the way to Lake Las Vegas, so that kind of surrounding area there. But they do certainly do their fair share of uh, resort play visitors to town as well. And, you know, I often field phone calls, somebody looking for something that is a bit more affordable. And it's one of my go-to courses because it's very good quality uh, for the price that they offer. The course measures just under 6,800 yards from the tips. Uh, I mentioned it opened in 2003. Really not much desert influence to speak of. It's more of a traditional design. Tree-lined fairways, yes, but not a ton of trees. This is still the desert. You know, it's not like something you might find back in Wisconsin next week when you're back there, Ben. I mentioned the great uh, views of the Strip. It is certainly located in an area there in Henderson where most of the holes have that great view looking out towards the west side of town, crossing the Strip and over into some of the Red Rock Mountains. Um, I, I think it's a nice total package here at Chimera. It's comfortable to play. It's fun to play. It's typically in very good shape. They have been dealing with a little bit of fungus on their greens for about the past three or four months. I would expect that will be corrected this fall when we go through the overseed, we get through the hot summer. By the time we get to October, I would expect that to be corrected. But you kind of hinted at it. What is maybe your favorite one or two holes at Chimera, Ben? Sure, yeah, and 15 through 18, I think all those definitely uh, definitely qualify. I'll throw in you know another one is you mentioned uh, that you know, that nine and ten stretch end of the front, start of the back. A, a really fun hole I like is is number eleven. The, right after you cross the road, you go to the par five. And what's cool about a lot of the par fives at Chimera again, this kind of goes back to how it is a little bit more of a forgiving course. You have a lot of those uh, one of the par, a couple of par fives I can think off the top of my head, Brady, where you have fairways sort of paralleling with each other, so you could you could spray it off the tee and you might have a blind angle in I've been on the i've been on 15 fairway driving on 11 and i've still had a look at making you know reaching the green in two if i really get a four iron I, obviously it's a blind shot but 
I like how that hole sets up just because you, you start to get a little feel for how some of those driving holes on the back nine, it starts to taper a little bit. And so I like how that hole, it starts really wide for your drive, but you do have to be precise on the second shot. And it's one of the cooler, I think, green setups on, on the whole course at that number 11, where you have a, a, a two-tiered green, depending on where the, the pin is placed. You can get yourself into some really funky spots if you miss, if you go for the green in two. So it does bring the strategy into play, and especially if you've gotten off to a good start. Some of the holes are pretty straightforward on the front nine. That can be definitely a, a test to try to get you some momentum as you go into the home stretch. That's another one that I do really like, uh, number 11, in addition to those final four closing holes. Very good. Yeah, no, I enjoyed 11 quite a bit. Uh, I actually made par on that hole my last time out, and it was a stretch of a, a few pars that I made in a row. And you're right, a very good par five hole is number 11. I mentioned number nine, probably the signature hole, but I think my favorite is number 10. And number nine, you've got water in front of the green. It's almost like an island type green. And then 10, you go, you start the back nine and the entire hole, whereas nine is kind of downhill, 10 is kind of uphill. The, the tee shot ascends a little bit. It's a dog leg to the left. And then your second shot is really straight uphill. And the green is, is almost blind. You certainly cannot see the putting surface. And so it's very difficult to judge, you know, what type of shot you're going to hit into that green. You really have to go for the flag or even past the flag because the, the green uh, tilts from back to front. And a lot of those shots, if you don't hit it far enough, it's going to roll back off the front of the green or you're going to leave yourself with a very long putt short of that flag. So you really have to pay attention to where that flag is on 10. And like I say, play to it or past it with that uphill cant to the entire second shot. So I found that the strategy and the design of that hole was very good. I really enjoyed number 10. I was just out there recently to kind of review that course again before this recording. And uh, I think I settled on number 10 as my favorite hole out there. And I did in indeed make par. Uh, so I found that uh, quite enjoyable as well. Um, as we always do here on the Heat Strokes podcast, Ben, tell me a favorite story, maybe a, a funny moment or a memorable moment that you had uh, during one of your rounds out at Chimera. Sure. Well, Chimera it holds a special place in my heart because it is the that does set the record. It is the hottest temperature I've ever set on the first tee and that was at Chimera. It's 118, 118 degrees so uh, maybe a couple <laughs> degrees warmer than, than I, I know last week we were in the low uh, 110s out here in Vegas so and it also you know it's on the east side of the valley as you talked about Brady and Henderson so it tends to be a couple degrees warmer than the rest of the city so just keep that in mind when you're going out there. Uh, fun I guess one of the one of the fun moments I had out there was on the, the number one handicap it was number 16 and it's a really tough driving hole. I thought what I hit was a really good drive and there's a giant tree and really uh, just on the edge of the right rough on the right side of the fairway. And uh, I hit my ball and I'm a lefty. I had the ball basically came up right up against the tree. And I essentially pulled off the closest thing to a Sergio Garcia at the Medina shot in my life. Where I, hit this, <laughs> I almost killed myself, but I hit this. Did you, did this you do the scissor kick? Track. I, you know, not, I, not quite. It was a little bit warm for that. I didn't feel the need, but uh, I, I felt it inside. And I, I hit this, just un, this un, you know, couldn't have hit a better shot. Actually, the ball ended up in the bunker because it, it, it all kind of funnels if you go short. There's a, a, a bunker that sort of guards the, the green in front, but I was able to make a sandy out of that bunker for par, and that was a pretty fun moment. Um, a negative moment would be when I was six over in that same round, six over going to 18, and I, I kept the ball just short of the water on the left. But that is a really intimidating second shot, especially when you are trying to post a number, Brady. And unfortunately, went with a little uh, pull, 
pull hook into the bunker and ultimately made double um, trying to on a really tough finishing goal. So shot 80, but really fun course. And I, I have a couple of, as I mentioned, a couple of fun memories of my times out there. Very good. Very good. Well, I tell you, my favorite story was uh, just playing out there very recently. I mentioned uh, that I went back out there to take another look at the course. And yes, uh, I went out there 116 degrees. Uh, I was all by myself, so I was able to take it very slow and move at my own pace, uh, loaded up with a six pack of water. I would hit a shot and find the shade and uh, there was nobody out on the course. Hard to believe that nobody was out there when it was 116. But uh, again, it was very comfortable. And, and again, I could go at my own pace. So you didn't have to kind of rush it and and being moved by groups in front of you and behind you. And you were able to eat and cool off and get ready for your next shot. And, and it really wasn't that uh, uncomfortable, uh, despite what you might think. It, it really was actually quite pleasurable. And I had a great time out there and ended up shooting a 79, which is that you, you saw me play at Sand Hollow. You'd think I wasn't capable of shooting 79, Ben, but uh, I did post <laughs> a pretty good number out there at, at Chimera. And, and again, a forgiving golf course, very playable, but I really enjoyed my time out there. But Yes, in, in true heat strokes fashion, I did play out there in summer 2023 at 116 degrees. And believe it or not, I enjoyed every, every minute of it. And so I, I guess we can conclude that Matt Humans has trained me well. Sure. Oh, no question about that, Brady. Yes, uh, you, you've certainly earned the moniker of, uh, of this podcast name by doing that. <laughs> All right. Very good. Uh, well, I want to talk about Chimera just a little bit and how you can get a hold of them. I mentioned a very playable course, you know, a reasonably priced course, not a high-end resort like we see uh, across the Las Vegas Valley. So many golf courses that we have in Las Vegas are, are very, very elite and very, very pricey. Chimera really gives you a good bang for your buck, and you can play out there for about 100 to $150. Uh, during the summertime, you're probably looking at more like 50 or $60, very reasonable pricing. Uh, you can find them online at chimeragolfclub.com or you can find them on our website at deadheatgolf.com as one of our featured golf courses. You can also give them a call at 702-951-1500 and tell them the fellows from the Heat Strokes podcast sent you. We will take a quick break and be back with our picks for the 3M Open at TPC Twin Cities. But before we do, a quick word from our sponsors, Play Studios, Bascent Realty Group, Las Vegas Advisor, and FootballContest.com. And no better time to check out FootballContest.com. Football Contest signups are going on in Las Vegas, all over town, on the Golden Nuggets, Circa, and the Westgate Superbook. A great time to jump on board with FootballContest.com and sign them up as your proxy. And don't forget to use the promo code HEAT at checkout to save $50. We'll be right back with more of the Heat Strokes podcast presented by Mandalay Bay Resort and Casino in Las Vegas in just a moment. When the Heat Strokes crew isn't burning up the hottest golf courses in the country, playing a game we'd all spend a lifetime trying to master, they're doing something just as smoking, but a whole lot easier. They're playing My Vegas Slots. It's a top-ranked, free-to-play mobile app that lets you earn valuable real-world rewards from some amazing partners like MGM Grand, Bellagio, and Norwegian Cruise Line. You can score rooms, great meals, show tickets, and more just for playing. Download My Vegas Slots today from your favorite app store. And if you're anything like Brady and Matt, we know you're going to love it. And that's something you can bet on. 
Have you ever wanted to play in one of the biggest football contests in Las Vegas and win a million dollars or more? At footballcontest.com, find out how to sign up and make your picks through Nevada's most experienced proxy service. You do the handicapping, we do the legwork. And our service is a convenience for both locals and non-residents alike. Over the past decade, thousands have trusted footballcontest.com as their proxy service and have collected winnings of over $10 million. Whether you're a fan of five picks against the spread or survivor pools, footballcontest.com has all the information you need to get started. You pick the winners, we submit your picks. It's that easy at footballcontest.com. Attention all real estate buyers, sellers, and investors. Are you looking for a trustworthy and experienced team to help you navigate the Las Vegas, Southern Nevada market? Look no further than Bescent Realty Group, specializing in residential, commercial, and investment properties. With over nine years of experience in the industry, we have the knowledge and skills to help you find the perfect property or investment opportunity. Whether you're buying, selling, or investing, we're committed to providing exceptional service and delivering results. Contact us today to take the first step towards achieving your real estate goals in Las Vegas and Southern Nevada. Call now, 702-339-8052 or go to BescentRealty.com. Want to gamble like the pros? At LasVegasAdvisor.com, you'll find the world's best how-to books, software, and strategy cards featuring blackjack, poker, video poker, tournament play, and of course, sports betting, including 2020 sports betting, Think Like a Pro, which contains an 85-page section on betting golf. And don't forget to check out LVA's famous member rewards coupon book, offering discounts on dining and entertainment, including a buy one, get one for the awesome lobster buffet at the Palms and more than $400 in gambling free play match play and bonus offers up your gambling game today at LasVegasAdvisor.com that's LasVegasAdvisor.com Mandalay Bay comes alive as the fan district the go-to destination for all of fan kind gather here stay here eat here and celebrate here Fans get exclusive food and drink specials and one-of-a-kind experiences loaded with giveaways, photo ops, surprise appearances, and more. And the best part? It's all within walking distance of the stadium. Get the party started or keep the party going at the Fan District. Brady Cannon and Ben Wilson with you here on the Heat Strokes podcast presented by Mandalay Bay Resort and Casino in Las Vegas. And it is time to get to our breakdown and our picks for the 3M Open in Blaine, Minnesota at TPC Twin Cities. This is an Arnold Palmer design, and it is just the fifth edition of this tournament on the PGA Tour schedule. And Ben, I would not call this a total birdie fest. We have had some low scores here. Um, it is not necessarily one of your marquee events on the tour schedule either, uh, but coming off of the British Open, it's understandable that we don't have the greatest field in the world, all these players not choosing to come all the way across the pond and make that trip. But the 3M Open kind of benefits from the fact that the PGA Tour trimmed that FedEx Cup playoff number from 125 to 70. So no longer do the, one, the top 125 players make it into the postseason, but now just the top 70. So this tournament here and next week, the Wyndham Championship kind of gained some importance to get into that top 70 or to maintain your position there. So really, it's one of the best fields we've seen in a little while at the 3M Open. And I think you could kind of make a case for the fact that this course caters to the Bombers. We've seen Cameron Champ, Bryson DeChambeau, Matthew Wolf 
do very well here. But there's also so much water trouble here that it is not necessarily just a grip it and rip it. You do have to be somewhat accurate off the tee as well to avoid all that trouble. And I thought it was really cool. Uh, the tournament founder, I'm trying to find his name here. I want to say it was uh, Cavern or something like that. Uh, Hollis Cavern, I'm missing his name here. But uh, his philosophy with this event was we didn't want to make it the hardest golf course on tour. We wanted to have some entertainment value. And in that, he translated into making birdies and then also some train wrecks which I thought was, you know, spot on. That's what we love to watch. Guys go low and also some guys really stumble. Uh, stumble. And I think that goes into our handicap here a little bit. I talked about the bombers really flourishing, but there does have to be some accuracy and some efficiency off the tee. The greens are very large bent grass greens. Not a whole lot to be said about scrambling and strokes gained on uh, around the greens. I don't think that's a a big area of emphasis this week, but I think off the tee and approach is where you want to, you know, focus on at the 3M Open, and, and for the reasons of being able to score and be aggressive, and, and also uh, to avoid the trouble and avoid bogeys and, abo and avoid, like the man said, train wrecks. So uh, it, it's kind of a fun, and I think he's gotten out of, you know, what he was shooting for an entertain of entertaining tournament. I wonder how you, you know, played the handicap this week for the tournament, Ben, knowing all of this about how this course sets up. Sure. It, it's always a bittersweet handicap because as a kid, Brady, the this week's slot on the PGA tournament schedule right after the Open Championship used to be the Greater Milwaukee Open, a tournament that Tiger Woods ah. actually made his pro debut at back in the day when he had his PGA Tour card. So that was the first tournament I went to uh, as a kid. Uh, my parents will tell a story about the time I was a baby and started crying while uh, Jay Haas missed a, I think either, whatever the older Haas was, Bill or Jay Haas, one of them missed a, missed a uh, par putt and got mad at me. So anyway, that was my contribution to the Greater Milwaukee Open. <laughs> anyway, now we're at the TPC, but it, you know, this is truly a Parkland golf and everything you say is completely accurate, Brady. It's also one of those things where the, I, you know, I very much devalued any look at putting this week or you talked about around the green and, and scrambling just because the greens are, are so wide and, and very much gettable as a result when Cameron Champ won this event he was one of the worst putters on tour gained eight strokes putting for the week so expect a lot of variance from that end I really prioritized uh, guys who are, are very good not only off the tee as far as distance but also uh, on, on you know able to avoid danger and so there is a, an interesting metric you can look at it's you need some uh, the stroke gate off the tee on high danger courses that is now available one of those you know one of those more niche type of stats but I did look at that this week and and also just prioritized opportunities gained. This is not necessarily a birdie fest by the, you know, the definition where you're going to see guys in the low to mid 20 unders, but you'll probably see mid to upper teen under pars. And so uh, with gettable par fives on the course where it rewards good driving, you will have to take advantage of the opportunities that you do have out there. So I landed on a trio of golfers this week, really excited to see how uh, it plays out. And it's also one of those things where you do have more golfers, at least a better grouping of golfers than in years past playing this tournament the week after the open and so maybe an opportunity for a couple of guys you could buy low on who had struggled across the pond that now find themselves in a much different look yeah i would agree with you as far as your winning score you kind of allude to there i think we're probably looking at a 17 18 under ish uh so maybe not it doesn't qualify for a full birdie fest where we're getting to 23 24 25 but but i would say probably 17 or 18 is a pretty good bet for a winning score. I kept it really simple 
uh, as far as the skill sets I looked at this week, and we, we kind of touched on this in our early breakdown uh, just a moment ago, that strokes gained approach is going to be a very important statistic to look at. Strokes gained off the tee, total driving, you know, a combination of accuracy and length, and then bogey avoidance, being able to avoid that train wreck. And then also birdies or better game. You know, you're, you're going to have to make some birdies if you're planning on getting to 17 or 18 under par this week. As far as the comp courses, I looked at, you know, I think courses that kind of fall into that same window as far as what we see winning scores. Now, the Travelers Championship, uh, TPC River Highlands, really turned into a birdie fest this year, but not traditionally. And that is a course I looked at. A lot of the TPC courses are very similar in, in how they are designed and how they are set up, especially. Uh, but I did look at TPC River Highlands, TPC Deer Run, where they just played the John Deere Classic, of course, the Detroit Golf Club, where they just played the Rocket Mortgage, East Lake Golf Club, where they play the Tour Championship. And then I also looked at Innisbrook, where they play the Valspar Championship over in Florida. Uh, let's get to our guest picks. And for that, we bring in our friend Andy Molitor. He is the head of content at BetSperts, and he's also a part of the Deep Dive podcast with our friend Drew Densick. Andy Molitor, a very good handicapper in general, and also does some specializing in golf. You can follow him on Twitter at AndyMSFW. He lives in Minnesota, so he's got a good handle on this golf course. We always like to get regional if we can with our guests, kind of some insider knowledge, if you will. But he has eight selections for your outright winner. He actually hit Akshay Batia last week at the Barracuda Championship. So he said he had a couple of extra shekels in his pocket that he was going to wager this week. But Emiliano Grillo, who's been on a great run, won, of course, the Colonial earlier this year, had a great finish at the British Open just a week ago. He took him at 26 to 1. Lucas Glover at 40 to 1, Aaron Rye at 46 to 1, Austin Eckroat, who's been having a great season at 50 to 1, Nikolai Hoygaard trying to make that Ryder Cup team for the European side at 50 to 1, Eric Cole also at 50 to 1, Kevin Yu at 80 to 1, and then a triple digit bomb on Dylan Wu. And then Andy also had a few head to head matchups and he went back to the well with Aaron Rye. He's got Aaron Rye favored by a stroke and a half. So Aaron Rye has to win this matchup by two strokes or better. He got that at even money over Sahith Tagala, Doug Gim at minus 125 over Adam Svensson, and Will Gordon at minus 125 over Taylor Montgomery. Anything jump out at you, Ben, as far as Andy's picks? Yeah, I'll say, you know, on, on the, Tagala, the Tagala front, that he's someone who has really struggled historically at this course. And so as much as I didn't really value just general finishing position, especially if you're looking at guys who finish really highly here, I devalue that mostly because it's been much weaker fields in the past. But yeah, Tagala, the last couple of years, as he has made a rapid ascension up the PGA Tour, has really struggled. And if you think about why, it's because he's, he tends to spray it at times with the driver, has prodigious length. But not the most accurate ball striker off the tee. So he, he found himself in the past in these tournaments in some of those water hazards. And so I, I totally understand where, where Andy is coming from in that matchup. Uh, one of the outrights that Andy has that I am on this week, and I generally don't play uh, the full outrights. I just play basically strictly finishing positions, is Eric Cole. And one other, I think, course you can make a case for, Brady, is a pseudo comp course outside of, of, your, of your, your very accurate listing that you just brought up. Is, is where they played the Honda Classic, which does have a good amount of water. It's certainly on the harder side, so it's not 
it's obviously a much less forgiving course, but just from the perspective of keeping the ball out of water hazards and the course that is really demanding off the tee, I do like Eric Cole because of the fact he, he went to a playoff, lost to Chris Kirk, finished second in the Honda Classic this past season. And he's had a, he's been a bit up and down as far as accuracy off the tee, but overall his, his, his ball striking numbers off the tee are really, really good this year. So I do like Eric Cole. I did play him uh, in the top 20, Brady, at plus 225 along with my two other guys here. All right, well, let's go ahead and uh, get to the rest of your plays. We've got it uh, up there on the graphic now. And like you said, you did not play any outrights, but you did play some finish position bets. And and I do agree with you, and I think you nailed it, that there is a little bit of a correlation to PGA National where they play the Honda Classic. Basically because of the trouble off the tee, how you have to be efficient and accurate off the tee and avoid the water hazards. Now, at the same time, I would say the Honda Classic PGA National is a much more difficult course than we're dealing with this week. I actually compared PGA National to the last two courses we dealt with, the Renaissance Club for the Scottish Open and also Royal Liverpool because of the trouble that you found off the tee. And I think the same trouble exists there. And we have seen some crossover success. So maybe Eric Cole uh, makes more sense than uh, might meet the eye at first glance. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So like him, you can get over two to one on a top 20 finish, which is a very, very fair price to me. On, on Eric Cole. Uh, the other two I played, Ludwig Aberg, he's in the 28 to 1 range right now. Of the uh, lower tiered guys, as, as far as the odds board, uh, who are you know, who you're going to have to pay a little bit more on as far as you know, top 10 or 15 guys, I, I really like him more than anybody. At plus 150 to finish in the top 20, he gets a week off, didn't play the Open Championship after his first missed cut at the Scottish Open in his rookie season on the PGA Tour. But the, the guy has been red hot and he, he combines not only the opportunities gained number where he's top 10 in the field opportunities gained birdie or better gained a guy who has been able to make birdies in mass but he's really good off the tee and uh, top 10 strokes gained off the tee among the grouping of golfers in the field this week so i wanted to at least have one guy who as you talked about brady does fit into that bomber category but i'm also not worried at all about starting to spray it or getting consistent with it so aberg's a guy where assuming the driver is on point he will be in a really advantageous position off the tee like his chances as he you know, there's been so much talk. You mentioned, you know, what does it stake here down the stretch where it's not only these guys trying to get into the FedEx Cup playoff positioning, top 70, but also a couple spots open on the Ryder Cup team. And for Team Europe, there's been some sharp attention toward toward that team to beat the U.S. in this upcoming fall's Ryder Cup. So uh, there's, there's been a lot of rumors about which of the young guns like an Aberg or uh, even, you know, there are other guys. Uh, Nikolai Hoygaard is another op- option that could make a, you know, make a late push, so to speak, and impress. Robert McIntyre, who almost won the Scottish Open. So I, I could see this being a big week uh, for Aberg. And then I'll go to my long shot, Chez Reeve. Uh, la- so last week I did have Brian Harmon, but in a top 40. Oh, good for you. I, okay. Well, it was, right. Hey, a winner yeah, is a winner. Hey, winner is a winner. It was not the greatest week. I, you know, I had Brooks Kepko as my one outright in top 20. Didn't get there. And then I had uh, as well Taylor Gooch and, uh, and uh, Shane Lowry as well, top 20s, which were miscuts. So not the greatest of weeks, but was happy to at least have the handicap correct on Brian Harmon, even if it was only for a top 40. You know, Reeve, it's really been, and that's my, my one play here, plus, uh, plus 110 on the top 40. It's been a tale of two seasons for Ches Reeve. He missed 10 of his first 14 cuts to start the year and just looked completely out of sorts. And you and I have played golf, even though, you know, we played a much lower level than these guys on tour. Sort of the same thing applies. Sometimes you just feel like you're in a rut. You've got no feel and tempo. And, and then sometimes it clicks and you get into a stretch of really good form. Reeve is in that right now. He's been really consistent. He's made 11 of his last 12 cuts. And he's a guy as well that 
is sitting in that 91st position in the FedEx Cup standing. So he has a lot of motivation. This is a, a really good opportunity for him to make some ground, try to get into that top 70, because there aren't that many tournaments out there until the playoffs start, Brady. So another player on my list who is top 10 in the field and stroke in the opportunities gained uh, stat as well. So I really like Reeby as, as far as his opportunity to come out, put, uh, put up a low number and keep the ball in play here and give himself some good looks at birdie. Yeah, I'm actually a fan of Ches Reby this week as well. And with that, I'll go ahead and get to my outright plays. I did not play any head-to-head -head matchups this week. I just played my usual outrights and top 20 finishes. And I started with Cam Davis at 34 to 1. He's finished uh, 16th and 28th here in the past. He's 77th currently in the FedEx Cup standings. So absolutely on the bubble as far as qualifying for the top 70 and headed to the postseason. Uh, 17th at the Rocket Mortgage recently, finished sixth earlier this year at the Players' Championship. He was fourth at the PGA Championship. So this guy has shown up big in some big-time events when the pressure is on. So I kind of like that ability to perform under pressure. Well, he's certainly under pressure here, sitting at 77th in the standings. Over the last 36 rounds, ninth in this field for strokes gained off the tee and seventh in birdies or better gain. Uh, Adam Hadwin, the Canadian at 44 to one, he is twice finished in the top 10 here with a sixth place finish and a fourth. And in good form as of late, uh, it was a month and a half ago or so, he was 12th at the Canadian Open and then he just lost in a playoff at the Rocket Mortgage to Ricky Fowler and Colin Morikawa. So I think the form is just fine. He's 30th in this field for strokes gained approach and also third in bogey avoidance. And then I went with Lucas Glover at 52 to 1. I mentioned the John Deere being one of my correlated courses. He's a former John Deere winner. He also just finished sixth there a couple weeks ago at the Deere. Also fifth at the Barbasol and fourth at the Rocket Mortgage. So really good current form for Lucas Glover, who was seventh here in Minnesota in 2019. Last 36 rounds, he's third in this field for strokes gained approach, 12th off the tee and 11th in bogey avoidance. And then I went with Mark Hubbard at 68 to one. He's 55th in the FedEx Cup standing. So he'll need a good performance to maintain his position. Number one in this field for strokes gained approach the last 36 rounds, 27th in bogey avoidance and 13th in birdies or better gained. His recent results are good too. A sixth in Canada, a sixth at the John Deere and a 10th last week at the Barracuda up in Tahoe. And then finally, the aforementioned Ches Reeve. I went with the outright market. Of course, I took a top 20 on him as well, where he was four to one, uh, the number I was able to get. And then for the outright victory, 105 to one, my lone triple digit bomb this week. He was 11th here in 2021, a fourth at the Travelers earlier this year, one of our correlated courses. And, and like you said, Ben, 11 out of the last 12 cuts, he's made eight cuts in a row on tour and the last 36 rounds he is fourth in this field for strokes gained approach and seventh in bogey avoidance so uh, we both land on mr reavy uh anything else you uh you like you want to back or fade there on my list of outrights and top 20s no i'll say this i mean lucas glover it seems like a very popular pick this week and it's amazing the form he is in and i think we sometimes get in, into these situations where you say a guy seems on the surface like one of these you know, one one major win and then sort of a forget about it player the rest of his career because Glover did kind of come out to nowhere. You think about over you know, a decade ago with his one major championship, but he's he's kind of proven. And there have been a number of guys like this who we sort of forget about them. They're out of the public eye, and and Glover has been sneaky good. Really, you know, the better part of 
two, three months now. And the results don't lie like you talked about, Brady. I, it's somebody that even with now a slightly more elevated field compared to what he's been playing in, I still like the game. And it's always been, you know, with him, when, when especially when he's locked in with the approach game, uh, he's some, it's somebody you know is going to give himself opportunities on the green. It's, it's, it's a guy who, if the putter stays hot, can certainly be right there on the front page of the leaderboard come Sunday. So I do not mind that pick whatsoever. You know, I went with five guys this week. I didn't go with any of the the elites like Justin Thomas or Tony Finau, you know, the favorites on the board. But I went with guys that I think are upper tier PGA Tour players. Adam Hadwin, a very good player. Cam Davis, a very good player. Lucas Glover, you know, a major champion. I, I didn't go complete long bombs, but, you know, just some pretty above average tour journeymen that have been pretty good. And I think that's the type of guy that often wins this type of event. We will see. It is time to get to our Pizza Money Play of the Week presented by Dom DeMarco's Pizzeria and Bar in the Summerlin area in Las Vegas. And I mentioned I didn't have any official head-to-head -head matchup plays, but I did go with a head-to-head -head matchup for our Dom DeMarco's Pizzeria Money Play of the Week, and that is Justin Thomas at plus 110 as an underdog to Emiliano Grillo. And, you know, Justin Thomas has been so awful. And it, and it was not a good week for him once again at the Open Championship. I think he shot an 80 or something like that on day one. Now, he did follow it up with a pretty good round on day two. I think an even par 71, if I recall, maybe a 72. But he did come back around on day two. But in a watered-down field like this, not as watered-down as usual, but again, JT is certainly one of the bigger names in this field. And when did we ever think that Emiliano Grillo would be favored head-to-head, -head, and especially to the tune of minus 130, over Justin Thomas? And I felt, you know, th there are times on the odds board when you see Justin Thomas. I mean, at the British Open, he was as high as 75-1. to 1, And you're like, gosh, I, I, it's got to be a time where I just have to take that value. And I'm kind of feeling the same way about this matchup, Ben. It's like, Justin Thomas plus 110 to anybody other than John Rahm and Rory McIlroy and Scotty Scheffler, you got to take a nibble. That, it's quite the zag to take because, I mean, it's just been horrid golf from JT. And, I, you know, I, I've, I've definitely, I, you know, I kind of went through the whole, that similar stage you did, Brady, where I felt like, okay, at a certain point, the, the price will dip. It will be a bet on. And then we got to that point of the price dip. And then the game has not gotten any better for JT. I'll say this, you know, just situationally. Uh, for you know, for JT, first off, he's he's obviously outside of the the Auto Six qualifiers. He's well outside of the Auto Six qualifiers for the U.S. Ryder Cup right now. There's a whole lot of question marks about wh whether he will be a captain's pick. I certainly wouldn't pick him right now if I was putting together the team. So he has a lot to prove in a really a short time. Just you know, not 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 a whole long, not much longer to go until we get that solidified. But I, I did like the way you know the the one thing you've never questioned about JT is his professionalism and the guy shoots an 82 in round one he's totally out of it at the Open Championship we saw you know Dustin Johnson just kind of throw in the towel in round two in the bad conditions on Friday and just sort of give away strokes but JT was out there grinding shot 71 I think you at least take a little bit of positivity into this week and I will be curious to see how Emiliano Grillo responds after you know, he was tied for the lead after round one and was unable to sustain he's a guy who is some big highs and some low lows. So I am fascinated, Brady, for some of those guys who saw the weekend and were at the Open Championship till late on Sunday, how they respond with this very short turnaround. So I don't, you know, I don't mind the zag. And I, I like the situational spot that JT is in, despite how bad the golf has been. 
The one positive result Justin Thomas has had recently was at the Travelers Championship at TPC River Highlands, one of our correlated courses. And I didn't really, he finished top 10 there. I didn't really want to jump back on the JT bandwagon after that happened because I knew that that was an easier tournament. Let's, let's not jump to conclusions and think that all of a sudden his game is back. Uh, but this is a similar setting. Again, one of our correlated sure. courses, you know, an easier track. Not, not, not a pushover. We, we mentioned there are train wrecks out there, but this may be a good setting for Justin Thomas to rebound, at least for a week. He's also on that bubble. I think he's 75th in the FedEx Cup standing. So he is on the outside looking in currently for the playoffs. You mentioned the Ryder Cup. He's got a lot to play for here, uh, probably more so than Emiliano Grillo right now. So I, I thought plus 110 was certainly the value side of that matchup. That is going to do it for this edition of the Heat Strokes podcast. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. It is Brady Cannon and Ben Wilson with you. I want to thank Mr. Wilson for checking in as another guest host appearance on the Heat Strokes podcast presented by Mandalay Bay Resort and Casino this afternoon. If you need to check the picks, all the information, you'll be able to do that soon where you get all your podcasts and also up at our website, deadheatgolf.com. I want to thank our crew, Tom Catlin on video, Jeremiah Crow with Green Roll Media on the audio and Trifco on the creative design. Not only thanks to our co-host, Ben Wilson, but also to our special guest appearance, contributing with his picks, Andy Molitar of Betsperts. You can follow him on Twitter at AndyMSFW. We will be back at this time for another golf course review and also our picks for the Wyndham Championship coming up next week, the final event before the FedEx Cup playoffs start. Enjoy Chimera, everybody. I encourage you to go check it out. It is a very good deal. One of the more affordable, good golf courses in Las Vegas. Give it a look. I heavily recommend it. Ben and I have both enjoyed it a number of times, whether it's 116 degrees or not. Enjoy the 3M Open as well. Let's cash some tickets. And Ben, before we get out of here, please remind everyone to stay hot. You've been dialed into the Heat Strokes Podcast with Brady Cannon, presented by Mandalay Bay Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, and produced in conjunction with Green Roll Media, the world's premier sports betting podcast network. Subscribing to the show on YouTube is easy. Just search Heat Strokes Podcast. Follow us on social media at Las Vegas Golfer and at Heat Strokes Pod. If you like what you heard, please follow, like, and give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify today. Good luck out there sinking birdies at Cash and Tickets. Cash and Tickets. We'll see you next week.